0: Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about the podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. In Pawtucket, Rhode Island, I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me from the Kyle Insect Museum in Kyle, Texas, Mike Frizzell. Good afternoon, Mike.
1: Good afternoon, Bobby.
0: And a special guest for this Friday edition of the show, from Bonnie Lake, Washington, home to native daughter Melanie Roach, the Olympic weightlifter, among others, (laughs) Kalina Rogers? We didn't go through this part, did we? <laughs> yes. Only because another name came up on your Gmail account, I was suddenly yeah. thrown. <laughs> Kalina Rogers, welcome to LRB. Thank you. <laughs> We're going to get to know Kalina, do her clip from TBTL history, some housekeeping, and how you can get involved with the show. Uh, but don't let me stand in the way of Mike showing off his talking skills. Take it on away, Mike. <laughs>
1: Well Kalina is very active on Facebook So it was pretty easy Plus we've been friends <laughs> for quite a while And we chat occasionally But uh, as I was going back through the photos Because I don't really follow my Facebook feed in general cause, Because I'm so damn popular I have so many friends That it's kind of hard to do
2: I see how uh, it is but,
1: <laughs> <laughs> Going back through, through your pictures um, <laughs> You have a lot of pets <laughs> How many do you, do you have, have as many as we do?
2: I knew this was going to be the thing we talk about. Yes, I have so I have three cats, and my grandma has one, and I have two dogs. So, grandma's
1: and, in the house, so the, the yeah. her cat counts. Yeah, but she's so not a pet, cats. though. The,
0: the cat's a pet. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. just four trying cats. to get the tally. right. Yes,
2: <laughs> yeah, so there's four cats and two dogs, and um. And a gecko I see you noted on the <laughs> on the show sheet earlier. Yes,
1: the gecko right <laughs> so
2: yes yeah, so I think that's all right now
1: <laughs> seven right yeah although when the pack gets that big there could be one hiding in the middle of it and that's
2: what I said like I think that's how many I have right now right actually our well, neighbor's cats kind of live here too so.
1: I they're guess, all yeah. they're all very cute. Even the gecko is cute. <laughs> I had to I had to like zoom in on that gecko to figure out what it even was because it looked like a hairless hamster or something it's, like that.
2: It's so weird and creepy and yeah, but my kid loves it. So
1: I probably wouldn't have guessed gecko except for somebody in the comments said like, "Hey, nice gecko," and I was like, "Oh, good.
2: Yeah, now
0: I know yeah. exactly
1: what that thing is."
0: Plus, there was that time that he bought and dismantled Teldar paper.
1: <laughs> Greed is good, Bobby. That's right. <laughs> So the the most notable thing, though, is that one of the dogs is a recent addition to the family, right? Within the last month?
2: Yes. Yeah, just like a month ago.
1: And this dog is gorgeous. I had to call Emily into the right? room to yeah. look at this dog. Uh-huh. And what, tell us about this dog. First of all, what's uh, his or her name?
2: His name's Cody. He is five months old now. Um, he just a really good friend of mine. Her mom in Florida had adopted him and it wasn't working out um and so she posted a picture of him and I was standing next to my mom and I opened the picture and we both just went oh my god it was so weird looking and just so cute and yeah he's supposedly half pit bull half chihuahua
1: do we know uh (laughs) I, I think you know where I'm going with this. Do you do, do we know who... I can't imagine a chihuahua giving birth to a dog that looks that large. I mean, I really can't.
2: This is, no, this is the question. This was even my 11-year-old's first question. How did they... What? Um. Yeah, I'm just... I'm praying to God that <laughs> the pit bull was the mom. <laughs>
1: Yes. Yeah. Because I don't think I don't think mom survives. <laughs> see how it that. can
2: survive, otherwise, yeah. No. Well, you no. see, you see those
0: stories of like a grandmother lifting a car off a baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You find
2: great unnatural strength
0: <laughs> in moments of importance for life. To
1: get something half your size right. out of yeah. your body.
2: Yeah. Nature finds a way. Yeah. Man.
1: Oh, my God. What a cute dog. Uh, and it joined an- another dog that is really cute, too, which is named Kenya, right?
2: Um, Yes. Her name is Kenya, but we don't call her cute. She's the ugliest dog Well, ever.
1: what I, what I was going to say <laughs> is she's she seems to be some version of Eddie where there's just like the parts don't quite fit yes. together.
2: She's a purebred pug, but her snout is much longer than other pugs, and yeah, just something. She looks more like a gremlin than a dog. Honestly, she. When you first saw Eddie, she's so you funny think... looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really similar look. Like, yeah. I don't know what went on there, but yeah. Well, she's... I
1: think you have two of the most interesting looking dogs <laughs> in the on the planet, and I enjoyed looking at them. But um enough about your dogs. That's always the most important thing. But you have. You have two little girls as well, right?
2: Yeah, they're all right too.
1: And how old are they? And what are their names?
2: Um, Olivia is eleven, and Haley is eight.
1: And Haley is the one who I feel like looks exactly like <laughs> you.
2: It's creepy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, it is. Uh, people look like their parents all the time. But but first of all, you have you have the first kid. Who, who looks like one of Will McQuillan's kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and, and that's not yep. that's not an insult at all. I mean, Will's a terrible <laughs> person, but he's a very handsome. Yes,
2: yes. Handsome that's man. Right.
0: And Will outkicked <laughs> his coverage on the beautiful kids department, too. I mean, let's Absolutely. be honest. Oh, that's all completely.
1: Nikki. Completely. <laughs> but then were you were you surprised that the second child looked exactly like you in the first one? It was just looked like a child that could have been your child yeah. or could have been someone else's yeah. child?
2: I think... I think my ex-husband and I were just genetically similar enough <laughs> that, mm. you know, stuff just wrapped in <laughs> in a certain way that, yeah, I, it's it's You're going to be able to pull it's some really pranks
1: on, on people uh, when she's about <laughs> six or seven years older. You guys can probably start pulling some pranks.
2: Oh, man.
0: I like some... I just some Benjamin buttoning going on here. Just send the kid back out there.
2: <laughs> when they really look like me at that age is when they're like rolling their eyes mm-hmm. or, you know, stuff oh, like that. Oh, there's probably that's, a lot more of that yeah. coming. hmm For sure. Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: a couple other quick things. You like guys with beards, so obviously that's <laughs> why you're here today. Some that's why you're company. not on with, that's with right. Meredith and... and uh, <laughs> And Christy. I wondered why I was pegged for this show. <laughs> yeah, she she said oh, it's gotta gotta be Bobby unless, you know, Meredith
2: can get started on the
1: a nice beard. Um
0: None of Meredith's teams have made the playoffs in a while. It's mm, not gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she,
1: <laughs> like like she I don't even think she knows what a playoff beard means. I I really don't. Um Pizza. Let's talk about pizza for a minute. Everyone's posts on you. It's like people posting about cheese on my Facebook yes. page. Yes. People love to post about pizza on your page. So obviously, you yeah. know, like a lot of America, you're a big fan, but, you, but are <laughs> you a bigger pizza fan? What makes you a bigger pizza fan than anyone else?
2: I just literally could eat nothing but pizza forever and be happy. But here's the thing. I've always been like that and it feels like the pizza thing, you know, towels shaped like pizza, and you uh, know, pizza socks, and all that stuff is, you know, it's, it's uh, become
1: a crutch for others yeah. to give you gifts because I yes, like robots. Exactly. so I get, I get a lot of robot <laughs> exactly stuff from people. He likes <laughs> robots.
2: Quick, exactly. get him a robot. Yeah.
1: yeah, I love it. I mean, <laughs> sure. I mean, they, they're not to... wrong. <laughs> exactly. I do love someone pizza. So once to get you a pizza. So are you passionate mm. about a particular kind or is it taking all, mm. all comers?
2: I I will never look a gift pizza in the face, but you know, okay. just, just plain old cheese. I, you okay. know. Can't so you're beat um,
0: that. traditionalist, you appreciate quality mm-hmm. in the basics.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yes. I like it to but not I- taste like cardboard, and other than that, <laughs> that's my only requirement. Is there, do you have a favorite spot? Dude, the Costco cheese pizza. That's
1: it? Yes. I've never, I, I think I've bought it for meetings and stuff, but I've never actually had it.
2: Well, the one, the one you get and have to cook yourself somehow isn't anywhere near it. as good as the one okay. you get from the counter. Okay. Already cooked.
1: Noted. I'll have to forego the hot dog oh, this time. Oh, man.
2: <laughs> I'm hungry now. This is a
0: lesson I learned in Seattle, actually. Speaking of that son of a bitch, Will McQuillan, mm-hmm. um, we had a little get together at his place. Actually, we've done this a couple of summers in a row now. And I believe at least one, maybe both of those parties has been catered in part by Costco pizza. And it's just this thing where if a bunch of people are coming over, that's what you do. It's a cultural mm-hmm. thing. That I was completely unaware of you get Costco pizza. Yeah. And everybody loves it.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, yeah, it's that's... it's a pretty unanimous home run thing. If anyone complains about that, you know they're a terrible person, and yes. you should have invited them to the party yeah. or the meeting or anything, right? Yeah. So I, I noticed one of the posts. The person was trying to draw you out about pineapple on <laughs> pizza, and you you take the stance that pineapple is okay, right?
2: Oh yes, I am. And huge... in fact, delicious. Yes, I like even just cheese with pineapple on it. Sign now that's up. sort of unusual because usually
1: it. it's sort of the sweet and, sweet and salty yeah. type thing.
2: Yeah,
1: But uh, I think – I don't know. I've run into some some controversy over the years because I've worked in pizza for a long time and my most recent um, – not most recent but uh, my, my last job in Seattle was with Papa John's for uh, a long, long time and people that would come out from the East Coast – and open up restaurants franchisees opening up restaurants on the west coast don't understand they don't get it i mean they they they've been using the same can of pineapple in in orlando you know for the last <laughs> 15 months and and this this guy's name was uh Tim Mitchell he came out from florida to open uh some restaurants in eugene and springfield and he uh he ordered one can of pineapple for his opening week, and it was gone in about fifteen minutes and He couldn't believe it. he thought it was a joke and they you yeah. know they had to they had to just go to the store, clean out the Safeway of all the pineapple until they get another delivery. I just don't i Bobby, I think it's caught on more or less now all over the country, but I don't think it'll ever be as big as it is in the Northwest where it's a Pacific islander influence, really yeah, that is has how be, it yeah. got started.
0: It's it's a uh, it's definitely that influence. And out here, when you see it on a menu, it's still just the exotic Hawaiian pizza mm-hmm. versus just being a topping you might put on any pizza. And I'll say similarly, before I went out to Seattle for the first time, I didn't realize how many teriyaki places there are mm-hmm. all across the Seattle area. And I think it's that same level of influence. Like here, you might get teriyaki in a mall food court at a quote unquote Japanese place, yeah. But other than that, you're not going to get teriyaki. And then Seattle has this whole teriyaki thing unto itself, which is different than anywhere else. And boy, have we been told that by listeners before.
1: And <laughs> there are a lot of different <laughs> varieties and and opinions about you know which is the which is the best. But how I grew up was. It was wherever you could get the, the you know, like a metric ton of it for $4. Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. uh, but I think it's the same thing. You know, pineapple is just one of those things that, that was slowed across to the east. I still don't get it. I mean, i if somebody puts pizza in front of me with pineapple on it, I will eat it and I'll like mm-hmm. it. But I've never, it's not ingrained in me to order it that way.
1: No, I wouldn't expect mm. that. But pepperoni and pineapple, I'd say, is, is even better yeah. Yeah. than the traditional Hawaiian, which is ham and pineapple. Yeah, Or as they like to say in Seattle, Canadian bacon and pineapple. When you try to Ugh. explain to people that it's, <laughs> that it's ham, they say, no, I want Canadian bacon. Okay, good. That's fine. You, you'll get your ham. <laughs> Idiots. Ugh. So, but the reason we've gathered here today, other than to find out <laughs> about uh, your TPTL roots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm going to talk to anybody <laughs> about their dogs. In fact, it's always the first thing I'm going to talk to them about. Is your your passion for the Seattle Seahawks and mm-hmm. uh, the 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 clip we will hear is going to involve the Seahawks? But are you <laughs> super passionate about all Seattle sports? Are there other teams from other areas that you follow? What's your kind of your sports thing?
2: I I just enjoy sports in general, but yeah, the Seahawks are probably the thing I enjoy most, just because. And it's not like a Seahawks over other teams thing. It's more of a football over other games mm. thing. So you're I a Mariner, just,
1: Mariners fan, but yeah. you're more passionate about the Seahawks.
2: Yeah, I love baseball. All my friends think it's boring, and you know, I I love that it's boring. <laughs> I think yes, your,
0: your your friends are boring. Yes, they don't get it.
2: <laughs> yeah, but but football, I just I love. I'm not going to pretend to know all the ins and outs of anything, but I just love watching those gigantic men dance across a field. (laughs) Like I it's just an amazing game to me.
1: Did you, uh, you say you've lived in Seattle your whole life. Mm -hmm. You grew up South King County.
2: Yeah. Yeah. uh, Pierce County.
1: Oh, that's fertile ground. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for For all things hawk and passionate hawks. So yeah. just lots of pickups with hawk yes, flags on yes. them. And <laughs> yes, it's exactly. all it's all blue and blue and green and down exactly. there. Exactly. <laughs> well, mm. you know, we're gonna we're gonna it'll be a happier memory that we'll go over today. But That's um, right. That's how? What I call it. Where were you? How sick were you when the when when those bastards? Picked the ball off on the goal line.
2: I was at the same friend's house as where we had watched the previous Super Bowl mm-hmm. and, you know, celebrated our faces off. Um, and yeah, everybody in the room just kind of like went to jump to cheer and then like fell halfway. Mm. <laughs> everybody just kind of <laughs> And we all just kind of looked at each other and like, I think someone said, what just happened?
1: Yeah. 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 And that's all I remember. I was at, uh, I was in a uh, suite at a shitty hotel in Las Vegas Um, and there was a, it was a pretty big party. All of us were watching on this big screen in this weird, weird suite in old Las Vegas and the play happened. And I walked out, and I went back to went back to um, my room that I shared with my brother, and my my I just started drinking, <laughs> and I, I don't think yeah. I stopped because I I didn't really drink during the game, you know, because I'm like I'm yeah. into it, you know, yeah, and I don't want to like lose focus on it, but wow, I I think I drank till about the middle of the night, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but because uh-huh. I knew I wouldn't fall asleep, I knew yeah. I wasn't going to fall asleep unless I just pass the fuck out you know? i kind of want to drink right now I'm just
2: thinking about it like i'm getting a little I emotional <laughs> i think i woke
1: up like three or four hours later and then i was like why did i do that because now oh. i can't fall back asleep and yeah. i'm hungover, and it's terrible <laughs> but we'll talk about a happier oh. memory but right now i'll just uh i'll hand you over to to ben.
0: <laughs> and I, I regular listeners to the show know this but i'm a bills fan just because I live here in New England doesn't mean that I want anything to do with their <laughs> cheating bullshit uh uh you know once in a generation team of mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. super talent. How do multi- you deal with that on a regular by.
1: basis Bobby
0: uh, I made a conscious choice when I first moved out here to not hide my fandom, so I will wear my bill's gear. I will wear the gigantic oversized Thurman Thomas jersey that Matt Baca sent me.
1: <laughs> I remember that. That's great.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, you know, you even, can use that to sail away from Rhode Island yeah. when, when, New England fin- when New England wins another championship and you finally had it.
0: Uh, and on the days when Bills the Bills win, I'm proud, and, and the Sabres too. I'm actually a bigger hockey fan than anything else, but I don't follow it as closely as I used to. Um, you know, I, I just... I I wear my gear with pride, and I'll just stare anyone down. And, you know, they call them mass holes for a reason. There's plenty of obnoxious (laughs) fans out here. And uh, there are good ones, too. You know, we've got plenty of Boston's who like their teams and grew up here and lived through the 90s when the Patriots were just the worst. And I have tons of respect for all of them as fans of the sport. Uh, But uh, when some bro shouts from across a bar at me because I'm in a Bills jersey. I just, you know, politely tell him to fuck off and, you know, it's fine. (laughs) Tuner him out. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Kalina, we have some questions for you that you probably already knew were coming because you're a fan of the show. Uh, So tell us this. How did you find out about TBTL?
2: Um... I always listened to Ross and Burbank in the car. Um, and so TBTL was this thing that every once in a while someone would say the words and I didn't quite get what a TBTL was. And, but, I, but I knew it. You know, it was in my head somehow. And then um, my, and somehow I just found out that my brother and his brother-in-law listened to the show. And I had just started doing janitorial at night for work and I needed stuff to listen to. And, um, and so I found out I could download it as a podcast and, um, that's when I started listening. That was, a that was about five years ago now.
1: That's gotta be one of the best jobs for podcast listening.
2: Oh, dude. Like eight hours of podcast listening every night. You can
1: really just dial it in, yes. you know?
2: and I'm by myself, no one's talking to me, Yes, it's great. (laughs) I tell people all the time, I've had a lot of
0: jobs. The job that I think I genuinely enjoyed the most as far as return on investment went for my own well-being was the summer I spent as a prep cook at a sandwich lunch shop um, that did everything from scratch, because I would come in in the morning, and my to-do list would just be written out for me, or I would sit with the the staff and write it out real quick. And then I would just put in my earbuds and like make coleslaw and slice Mm -hmm. tomatoes. Your time is yours. Yeah. Yeah. Mentally, um, your time is yours. Exactly. All you have to do is the same kind of
2: shit that requires so little actual thought. Yeah. Just stay out of the way and don't
0: cut your hands off and you'll be fine. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: That's why I actually needed like something to listen to because otherwise, you know, you're just alone with your thoughts and none of us like that. So. Right, then you end up like at the
1: Overlook Lodge. You That's know, right. Trapped in an R.V.
0: Trapped in an R.V. with no cell service for hours. Yeah. yeah. Uh. So um, you decided you're gonna figure out what this TBTL is, and it's mm-hmm. all of the of the pith and humor of Burbank without any of the actual hard news of Ross. <laughs> yeah.
1: None of the credibility. Yeah. And, yeah.
2: Yeah, it was funny. I remember thinking like. This Luke Burbank guy is like a totally different person than (laughs) who I've been listening to
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. on this other show. Yeah. Yeah, there's a decent chance he may or not be wearing clothes when you hear him on TVTL. Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) Do you remember your first episode? I do. I don't remember which episode it was, but (laughs) what I remember was it was around this time of year and Luke had just repaired the toilet in the basement bathroom and he was going on and on about like how accomplished he was feeling and I remember he was saying that he he was like gonna make it a point to just like get a bunch of projects done this summer and he kept calling it the summer of doing (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. That was like a sponsored deal, wasn't it?
2: I don't know. Well, I know it was like a Home Depot ad <laughs> a year or two later.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Those
0: bastards. I know they
2: used it, but.
0: <laughs> that, was a, that was the Bing year when they were trying mm. to trick us oh, into using yeah. Bing. Right. <laughs> Uh, also, I just tried to find that episode, but if you search TBTL Toilet and Basement, <laughs> way too many episodes
2: come up. Mm-hmm. Shut it down. No. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, but I don't. I don't. I don't remember him mentioning any other project he did after that. Uh, of course not. Ugh. Yeah. All right.
0: Well. Uh, if not your first episode, do you happen to remember a particular episode that we like to say turned you into a 10?
2: It it wasn't long after that that um, they started replaying Mike's episodes, his interview. And that was really, like, I remember where I was standing when I listened to it. Um, it really, it hit me really hard, um, because I had just gone through a divorce. And one of the main reasons was because my husband had a problem with opiates. And so listening to Mike's story, like it was so moving and honest and deep and like serious and it's on this show that <laughs> is not any of those things. Not
1: not that. <laughs> Normally not. That.
2: Yeah, and I just remember thinking how great that was that like the show could go from being so inane and silly to you know, talking about real stuff that really affects people. So
1: Can I ask you one follow-up about that? Yeah. Um I know people have been critical of those interviews for really only one reason and that is that sometimes we were laughing and having a little fun with it. If any, and I would think if anyone had the right to be mm-hmm. sort of sensitive about that or offended about that definitely you you would. Not that anybody doesn't. Yeah. I mean I totally feel the criticism but was there any part of that where you like stop stop laughing that's not funny you ruined those people's lives
2: no no i think but i mean that's that's how i kind of approach everything though is like if you can't find some humor in a situation Mm -hmm. you're you're taking yourself and the world too seriously um what what happened to me and i say it happened to me because it you know his behaviors affected me So badly. Um, I don't know. It was one of the worst things that can happen to a person. And I, that's how you cope. That's how you deal Mm -hmm. is with laughing. And if I couldn't laugh about it, I'd be crying about it. So. Right.
1: Right. And plus you were, you were through it by then.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You weren't in the middle of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, I'm yeah. really glad you enjoyed it. I'm I'm glad that somebody who I mean, because a lot of people <laughs> say how much they enjoyed it, and and that's that's great, but they didn't go through anything like it, or probably never will. So it wasn't useful yeah. or cathartic, or you know, it was just good yeah. radio. But but uh, I'm glad it could go further for you.
2: Well, what I what what I appreciated so much about it was that how honest you were about all this stuff, and you and you admitted that you hurt people and that your actions affected other people's lives. And, um, so many people who are addicts will never, ever admit that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's what was really helpful and useful to me. That,
1: that, that is, was possible, that someone could yes, actually do Yes, do exactly. That. I got
2: Exactly. You.
0: If we get lucky, next week we'll talk to the 10 who was inspired to start listening to the show because of the time Mike shit his pants at the Discount Tire. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, that's very real. A lot of people have been through that. Maybe not Discount Tire, but Les Schwab, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I had no idea that George Brett was a listener. Uh, Kalina, have you had any TPTL appearances,
2: been on the show, emails, voicemails? Um, I've had... Several emails read, but it was a long time ago now, so I don't even remember what they were about. <laughs> um, I've had like, you know, comments I've made on Facebook read by Andrew back when they used to do that. Um, uh, I oh the the port show that was that was like four or five years ago now um, when they did a a show from the porch at Luke's house um, during the summer. It was um, me and one other gal, Ashley Renner, um, and one other guy, I forget his name, showed up and we just sat on the porch and they recorded TBTL. So there was a little banter between all of us on that episode. Yeah, Was and that, that was re- the one that really where the,
1: fun. the Smittens were there or...
2: I don't remember smitten's, but it? the, okay. the, he, he talked a lot about the across the street neighbor's dogs barking at him. And then, oh, he had just gotten his phone wet and was talking about sticking it in a bag of rice and that, yeah, that's kind of what I I think I that might've
0: been cumulus
2: yes, on that cumulus. episode. Yes, Yeah. She was there. And yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Which is impressive because uh, episodes where Luke fucks up his phone also (laughs) casts a really wide net.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. 312
0: results. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, that, so that was funny because he, so he said the thing about the bag of rice, I've heard that works. And I went, meh, you know, kind of did the hand thing. Like, no, not so much. And he's like, oh, really? You know, like. And then we had a whole conversation about it later. And then he just, like, every time since then, he says, I've heard a bag of rice works. Hmm. Just another Ugh.
0: story of Luke remembering things that you Didn't never expect it. him to remember. Uh, I love it. That's a good transition, actually. We just added to the list. <laughs> uh, TBTL events. So you did the porch uh, episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how, when else have you interacted uh, with the guys?
2: There was that and... Um, the the one from the basement, the last episode from his house, the last waltz. That's what it was.
0: With the free foot booties
2: for everyone. Yep, yep, and the taco time tacos, and yeah, that was super. Oh fun. man, I, met... I
1: forgot about the tacos. Yeah, God, I should have <laughs> flown out for that.
2: <laughs> Started to sound great. like me. And there was there was they had someone making drinks, and it was super fun. I I met um, Christy and will that night and they're they're pretty awesome so yeah that was really fun that was the last one I've been able to go to though so that was a while ago now
1: were you hoping to get to a picnic this year if it was going to be happening are you coming to our picnic
2: I really was and now um I don't know it's my work schedule I work on weeknights so I can never do stuff on weeknights and then actually during the summers kind of work on the weekends too. So <laughs> mm. yeah.
0: One other favorite question that's been added to this list in more recent episodes. Do you have a favorite drop
2: from TVTL? My, my favorite too is loud, li- Kalina, <laughs> too loud and too specific. <laughs> um, <laughs> my favorite one is definitely the little red wagon one. I just, mm. it, delights me to no end, but the, the one I can't even think about it without giggling is the, um, Oh, what was it? The guy that says, I saw myself pooping. <laughs> what, is, what does he say? Oh, I seen myself pooping. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me.
1: <laughs> it was someone who was watching an <laughs> internet video that yes. had been taken of them. Yeah. Wow. Yes.
2: And I hate bathroom humor. I hate poop jokes. And I wait a minute. Um, oh I, I, God. Okay, I gotta unpack. I know. Here. I know. I know. <laughs> you
0: hate bathroom humor, <laughs> but you listen to TVTL. You went through a terrible, horrible, unfortunate experience with your ex-husband, <laughs> but you love Mike's
2: story. I know. Uh, are you just a masochist? I know. Basically, basically, I, it, it helps me process stuff, Bobby.
0: <laughs> uh I think we've already touched on it a little bit uh at least in your origin story but uh the the big question we ask everyone why does t b t l matter to you
2: yeah it's it's that that it can can you know be so dumb and so good at the same time um but also just it matters because it doesn't matter. <laughs> It's just a podcast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, like, and it's, it's, I have serious stuff in my life that I deal with every day and TBTL is something that I can escape to at the end of, like, I can't tell you how much I look forward to leaving for work (laughs) and turning the podcast on and, you know, seeing what silliness they're gonna you know and they yeah I just love it because it's it's so doesn't matter
1: (laughs) it's it's really a great way to listen if you think about it because you know you talk about all the responsibilities you have you have Mm -hmm. you have kids you have all kinds of pets you have grandma (laughs) you got a crazy ex-husband you got all these Mm -hmm. things and then you know that when you get to work, there's nothing you can do about any of it. Yes. You know? Yes. So so you can check out of your worries. And then not only that, now you've got something that's fun Yeah. to listen to. It's not yeah. just escape your problems. It's escape your problems to something fun.
2: Yeah. And make me laugh. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's probably, out of all the podcasts I listen to, it was, you know, a small handful that make me laugh the way TBTL does. And that's really... That's really valuable to me.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, Bobby brought up just a little bit ago that that you might be a little bit of a masochist, and I think <laughs> all of us who were Seahawks fans from our childhood up until mm-hmm. uh, the first, uh, up until about when uh, Mike Holmgren showed up, um, <laughs> you could classify us for the most part as as masochists because we yes. kept coming back to pretty bad football every year Mm -hmm. um you know and we almost broke through with the detroit thing you know we we, we're not going to talk about that that (laughs) it, it wasn't as angry making as the interception but it was angry making for different reasons so we we did get back to the to the super bowl after the detroit one and and this you know by now we're all listening to tbtl and um we're, we're about to face Denver mm. in the Super Bowl, and Luke and Andrew decide that they're going to record a before, during, and after podcast, which is a pretty short deal. It's only 30 minutes, so we're going to um, play it here in its entirety, and we'll talk about it when we get
3: back.
4: Let's give this a try here. I'm going right.
3: to test one, two, three. I'm going to turn up the volume a little bit. I was going to try to do it okay. in the bar where you could hear the no. background, but it's just so noisy in there I wouldn't be able to hear you at all.
4: Yeah, no, that's totally fine. So, all right, shall we Shall we give it a roll? Let's do it. it yeah,
3: I'm rolling on,
4: on me. Okay. Well, all right, this is a first of a kind, I think. It's a recorded on Sunday afternoon, but playing on Monday edition of TBTL, the show that just might be too beautiful to live. I'm Luke Burbank. This is episode 1528 in A Collector Series. As I record this, it is about 30 minutes to kick off of the Super Bowl. I'm in Seattle at uh, my friend Branson's big work loft space. There's a big projection screen. There's all kinds of food. There's drink, and there's nervousness in my stomach. Uh, Which brings me to uh, my cohort in this, a man who always has nervousness in his stomach. He's down there in Los Angeles, California. Andrew Hollywood Walsh. Hey, buddy, what's the scene down there? Well,
3: I can tell you what I have in my stomach, which is a meat lover's... um, uh, (laughs) It was a meat lover's omelet that I started with, followed by a basket of fries, followed by about um, seven IPAs and a few Bloody Marys. We've been staking out a place at the... uh, at one of the um, Seahawks bars down here in Koreatown, and so uh, we wanted to make sure that we got here in plenty of time. So it's been a four-hour build-up to, to the game. Oh,
4: my God. Were you guys, like, the first ones there holding a place for the Super Bowl we, Yeah,
3: we were. Genevieve and I decided to come early. We have a crew of about 16 to 20 people who are going to be showing up, so we felt like we should, like, kind of stake out a place. And, uh, you know the people who work here weren't exactly sure if our crew was going to show up i i hate holding tables that's like one of my
4: i know that's what i was just thinking like you're the absolute last person that should have that job because it it gives you so much stress that you're somehow putting out the people who worked there or other people who would like to be sitting at the um, at the you know places that you're saving like you're really no offense and don't think this is the the wrong, the wrong way but you're kind of the worst person for that no job. i
3: hate it i'm absolutely i had a bad dream about it last night i'm not even joking
4: I love how you said, I think, I don't know if it was Thursday or Friday show, how all you were looking forward to was the Super Bowl on Sunday, mostly because it meant you could finally, for the first time in months, just cut loose, have a few drinks, not worry about the world. And you've been saving some places for people in a busy bar all day. I'm calling you and making you do a TVTL, and they need you to book shit for the Philip Seymour Hoffman death story tomorrow. Other than that, how's your relaxing? Yeah, stuff? it has
3: not been as relaxing as I had hoped. I will be honest with you. I'm getting like I'm sitting here like you know waiting for the Super Bowl to begin, and I'm getting like tons of emails from work about like how we're going to handle the Woody Allen story and the Philip Seymour Hoffman story, and now I'm having trouble concentrating on what I should be concentrating on, which is the Super Bowl. As a responsible American, that's what I should be focusing well, on.
4: If it's any consolation, I'm uh, in this, like I said, this loft space that my buddy works out of, um, and I'm sitting in the corner recording myself, and just a stream of people are showing up to the Super Bowl party who I don't know. And as they walk in, they just look to the side, and they just see a sort of chubby guy in an old Seahawks sweater who's just talking into a recorder in the corner. Staring at a big computer screen that's showing one of those like screensavers of a polar bear swimming underwater. <laughs> so I, I'm making a great I'm making a great first impression with many of the guests here at the Well, I party. think
3: that they're they're probably like coming in, they're kind of like, holy shit, we thought celebrities would be here, but we had no idea Cartman would be here.
4: We didn't even know he existed in real life.
2: <laughs>
4: oh God. I mean, that is actually really sad for them is that this was supposed to be Ken Jen, Ken Jennings was supposed to be here, as was young Dan Savage, and his husband supposed to be here because we all watched that NFC championship game together but Ken Jen got a ticket from Bing by the way Bing dead to me (laughs) Um, and so he's at the Super Bowl turns up Bing was just using me to get to Ken Jen as has happened with so many others Um, And then uh, Dan Savage's husband was sick, so he couldn't make it. So what happened was all these people probably heard a little titter through the Evite that, like, there was going to be some Seattle celebs here. And as they walk in, it's just, nope, it's just the podcast guy who looks like Cartman. (laughs) That's pretty much the star power we're dealing with. Um, And he looks insane. So, okay, how um, how are, let's talk X's and O's here. Uh, Do you have X's over your eyes yet from drinking? Like a I have this, they, my friends
3: put pennies over my eyes. What does that mean?
4: Nice, good. Uh, that means um, that means good luck for the okay, Seahawks. Good. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? As much as you are able to concentrate on, it how are you feeling about this game? What is your what is your level of um, I don't know, sort of um, nervousness, etc., about the this giant sport ball championship that's about to? Happen? Well, for
3: starters, I gave it a lot of thought, and I am rooting for the Seahawks so i I made a, oh, I made okay. where are you on that
4: game time decision. yeah are you gonna game time are you decision. gonna be
3: audibling on that
4: I will be I'll be audibling um throughout the game on a variety of things like uh, if I'm rooting for the Seahawks if it's a good time for me to drop a deuce in the communal bathroom <laughs> here um, I'm gonna try to pick because I'm going to be eating a lot of tamales. They had this. Um, oh, this was uh, catered by uh, Toro. Uh, what's the um, Taco Bravo? The place. You oh yeah. Is, uh, catered by Taco yeah. Bravo. Um, so I'll be eating a lot of uh, Mexican food, and I'll be strategically trying to figure out the best time to, to just absolutely disrespect the toilet. Um, <laughs> well, at least uh, you have that a game everybody plan. Everybody will be using. That's it. It's important, Andrew. It's important to have a plan. Absolutely. So um. I, so I'm feeling, I have to say, I, I've been saying this, this is this is actually really fascinating because, um, maybe not for the listeners, but for me, uh, this is really fascinating because what this show is going to represent is a sort of real time. We're going to check in a couple times, um, like at, at halftime of the game and then hopefully right after the game if your cell phone holds up. And this is interesting because the, right now I do not know how the Super Bowl is going to end. You know what I mean? That's... That's obvious, but by the time the listeners hear this, this will all be in the ancient past. But as of right now, before the game starts, I kind of think that the Seahawks are going to win, I think, fairly comfortably. Um, I just think that they match up well with the Broncos in certain ways that I won't bore people with my theories on, which aren't even my theories. They're the theories I've stolen from sports radio people. Um, But I just think that the Seahawks... Are gonna are gonna win, and again win fairly comfortably. Um, so I, but but the very fact that I feel okay about this game as a Seattle sports fan is really unsettling. Well, you know, the, I was wondering if, if I'm a, a bad
3: fan game. because I was telling some folks two nights ago that I'm like emotionally prepared for a loss. Which is like, is that is that being a horrible fan? Because I felt like the times during this last season when we lost, I was not emotionally prepared for it at all. I was I was right. just like, oh, this will be this is ours. I didn't even think about it. And then when we lost those few games, it was really tough on me. So I've been kind of like emotionally putting up some barricades. And then some people were like, you are the worst fan in the world. Is that true?
4: Well, I would have probably said that to you last year, but now I feel that way this year, <laughs> so I'm going to give you a pass. All right. I really do, too. Like, I, I kind of feel like beating the San Francisco 49ers for the Seahawks to get to the Super Bowl. Like, it kind of feels like you got to the Super Bowl. That's, that is a huge accomplishment in and of itself, and it, I would like us to win. But I kind of feel right now like if we don't win, and this is classic Seattle, like, you know what? They try hard, (laughs) which is why a lot of people say Seattle's not a real sports city. I do genuinely feel, though, like if they were to lose, I would think, well, they had a hell of a season. They went to the Super Bowl. Um, There's also this feeling like uh, for, uh, sorry to get too sport ball with it, uh, everybody, but, like, Russell Wilson is a young guy. Like, we have young players. So it doesn't feel like this is our one chance at doing this. And I kind of think, ironically, us being super chill bro about it like as if me, the fan, being chill bro matters for what happens on the field. But <laughs> Somehow I feel like us being chill bro about it will somehow make it so the Seahawks will play better. Like their lack of being hung up on it or stressed out will translate to them just winning. Um, but that's a controversial theory in that none of them have met me or know I exist. So my emotional state while watching the game is probably of little consequence in the so game. So you
3: did not raise the 12th man flag? I, was, I guess I was misinformed about that.
4: Well... If you consider what I did in the bathroom, oh god, at my house before I came here, I consider that a form of well, I call it lowering the 12th man <laughs> okay. flag. Should I say I call it lowering lowering the 12th man depth charge?
3: Cuz if you if you if, and if, did, yeah, that. if you raised the 12th man flag in the bathroom by yourself, that means something
4: completely different. <laughs> you know that, right? <laughs> and that is something that I have been asked not to do any longer because a person walked in on me once and it was it was uh, something they won't soon forget. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm. I, I feel. I feel like the Seahawks are gonna do just, just fine this game. Which, like I said, makes me feel like they might not do just fine.
3: Oh God, we have to. We have to just. You know, we have to be ready for whatever happens because I don't think that either one of us are gonna be able to wake up on Monday morning if we're not kind of. Just, like I say, emotionally prepared for whatever's going right. to happen. And that probably makes me the worst fan in can, the world. But I'm protecting myself here.
4: Can I? Um, can we agree, though, that if, like, in the first quarter of this game, if Richard Sherman just, like, intercepts a pass and runs it back for a touchdown, we will both explode with happiness? Yeah, there
3: won't be a second half of this episode.
4: Okay, fair. That's a ooh. It's, I'll have mixed feelings, I guess, if he does that, but I'll take i <laughs> the deal. They'll be
3: cleaning us off the yes! walls.
4: I was hoping we'd have fireworks. My friend Branson, whose place we're watching it at, just brought over, or somebody brought a bunch of fireworks, which is hugely important for shooting at Broncos fans if they win the game. <laughs> Out the window? 20 died on Capitol Hill when Luke angrily torched a Broncos fan's Volkswagen bug. Using illegal Chinese fireworks. Let's go um, Boston Okay. Okay. Oh, jeez. I know. Let's turn some cars over. Actually, I'm wondering what we're going to do if we do win. What the sort of, do I go out in the streets and just start wandering around and yelling? I don't really, I mean, that's we don't have a plan for that here in Seattle. I will tell you, uh, we, we stayed up in Port Townsend last night because we're still kind of looking around for places to move up there. And we're driving back through the very sleepy town of Paulsbow, Washington, known mostly for its RV... Paulsbo RV company that's based there, right? And there's just a guy. Actually, we went and visited my grandma at her retirement home in Paulsbo, and on the corner near my grandma's retirement home was just a guy in full Seahawk gear with a giant 12th Man flag, just waving it to the cars. <laughs> Like, he wasn't selling anything. He didn't have any larger message. He was a guy who at 9 in the morning was like, I cannot contain this shit. I'm going out on a random corner in Paulsbo, Washington and waving a flag, and I loved it. By
3: the way, there are two guys. I'm standing in an alleyway outside the bar, and I'm, first, of just for a picture, I'm kind of, I am, I found a, a, a kind of a 90-degree angle corner of a brick wall, and yes. I'm faced into it yes. for sound purposes. So anybody walking by thinks that, that <laughs> I, I don't know what they think. I'm holding a phone up to my mouth. I'm holding a recorder up to my mouth, and I'm facing the wall as if I'm a dunce in in grade school. And then I just <laughs> heard some shouting over my shoulder. So I looked, and there were two guys who were fighting. And I think it was a real fight, like throwing punches. But they were kind of like boxing it out, and now they've they've gone out of view. But I'm now I'm worried that, that I'm not going to be able to make it back into the bar without...
4: Getting are they like? Were they like fans? Were they there for the Super Bowl, or were they like uh, looked to be professional, like indigent drinkers? Yeah, types? I don't know. They were,
3: I think they were just kind of indigent. They were like two. Um, I don't know. There were two young white guys who were both dressed in like black T-shirts and jeans, and they were kind of boxing it out. Huh. I, I can't tell. It's like dogs. I, I you know, I'm not a dog so in owner, the so I can't tell when dogs are having fun and when dogs are
4: actually fighting. That's Is it possible two members of the band Interpol are fighting?
3: <laughs> that's, that's what I'm hoping. Wrong coast, but I'm really hoping.
4: <laughs> All right, well, listen, I'll let you get back in and um, and figure out who you're going to have to fight later on in the game, and uh, I'm going to go focus in on what's happening here. Um, but uh, I'll give you a ring at halftime. Can we just do a real quick check-in? I'm going to also kind of wander around here at this party and maybe try to talk to somebody about the real meaning of Christmas. <laughs> um, Oh, did I tell you did I tell you we're trying to tape some evergreen shows too for Christmas? <laughs> oh,
3: that's great. That's fantastic. For twenty fourteen, yeah. Yeah, I
4: need cool. you to get some yeah, I need you to get a little Christmas tape. Also anything you can get on Kwanzaa um, will be great to just have on the shelf um for, for when we get around. I've that been as well, sitting so. on a real uh so if you a, get a that war
3: done. on Christmas rant.
4: So I'll uh, I'll be oh, willing to good. bring that out good. a little bit too. Dory's Dory's gonna use that for his postgame oh, show. Uh, he's got a lot of time to fill. So, all right. Well, listen, dude, um, thanks for doing this. Uh, I'll see you at halftime, and uh, go Seahawks. Absolutely. So and one last thing after that truck passes, whatever happens,
3: you know that Jesus is the reason for the season.
4: <laughs> hey, get that in the clear, because we're going to need to use that in 11 months. All right. Talk to you soon. Good luck. Go Hawks. All right. All right. Thanks, Matt. All right. Bye. All right. Um, it's, uh, Super Bowl is about to kick off, but there still are like 33 pre-kickoff things that are going. And this gives me a chance to ask my sister, Rachel. Rachie, can you describe for the TBTL listeners uh, your new tattoo?
5: Um, it's somewhat of a vintage one, because I don't like the old, or the new ones, because the eagle looks too angry, so I want him to be not so angry, and, um, the old colors, so... The but, but it's
4: a, but it's a Seahawk, right? Like, yeah. you have a tattoo of a Seahawk on your back now.
5: Yeah, I got a tattoo of a Seahawk before they went to the Super Bowl, and <laughs> before they won the NFC Championship, so I set the stage for all of this.
4: What... What was the turning point for you? When did, when did you decide you were going to actually get a Seahawk tattoo on your back?
5: Um, when I finished probably my eleventh beer and we won against the Rams. I think it's when Tate made that awesome touchdown with that one hand. Um, and then so and yeah, I decided I wanted one, and it was only uh, forty bucks, so it was pretty cheap.
4: Don't overpay for a tattoo. That's what I always say.
5: <laughs> Never. They can't go wrong with uh, the Seahawks spur. It's not too hard. So.
4: Okay, and so then um, if they had not made it to the Super Bowl, would you have felt foolish about your tat?
5: No way. No way, Jose. Because if we don't win this year, we'll win next year or the following year or the year afterwards. So
4: so you're, basically your goal is to live long enough to see one Seahawks Super Bowl victory so that your tattoo makes sense.
5: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, And it's not anyone's name. It's the Eagle, so it'll always be cool. Uh,
4: wait, but isn't it a Seahawk? You're yeah. calling it an eagle, but isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. But is there? Any, there's no such thing that's as a different. seahawk, is there?
5: Yeah, there isn't such thing as a seahawk. I don't think there is.
4: Well, that's that's encouraging. Our mascot doesn't even exist. We're the Loch Ness monsters. Oh my goodness gracious! Oh, Hi, Alina. Hi, Alina. All right, we gotta go. There's a super cute baby she here. Go
5: Seahawks forever!
4: It's
3: time for Denver to do something positive. And they are on the plus side of the field with three minutes to go in the half. When Manning is hit as he throws, Malcolm Smith with the pick. And it's a pick six for Malcolm Smith. 22 to nothing, Marshall.
4: You know. uh... All right. um, This appears to be rolling. And we are at halftime. And, um, well, two things come to mind. Two questions, really. Walsh, number one. How are you emotionally dealing with the fact that, because we're having this conversation, you're missing Bruno Mars and the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Will you tell me what happens? What happens? You know what? I'm DVRing it, and I'm going to try to just race home and hope that there are no spoilers online about the size of lifts that Bruno Mars was wearing on stage.
3: Uh, Here's my thing. I'm pretty sure... That Bruno Mars and oh shit, I'm forgetting her name. Ah, uh, never mind. Joke blown. <laughs> Janelle ben, Janelle Monae. Yes, have the exactly. Same exactly, same person. <laughs> Janelle Monet, Bruno Mars. If they have little kids, they are going to be amazing because they're all going to be a
4: little you. You know what? It's like the Seahawks defense. You set them up, and I knock them down. While Walsh- <laughs> that's Walsh- right, your Cliff Avril, are Cliff Avril, getting a hand on Peyton Manning, and I'll be Malcolm Smith. Just bumbling and stumbling to the end zone. Oh, the second thing I was going to say is, I guess I was totally wrong about the game. I said I thought the Seahawks were going to win by a lot, and so far there's no reason for me to think that prediction was right.
3: (laughs) Oh man, how are you feeling? Like I did not expect to be up twenty. It's twenty-two nothing. Like I did not expect this.
4: It's 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 totally insane. And every time. That I've been well. Here's the weird. Here, I mean, for one thing, I think my brother was crying during uh, the <laughs> Malcolm Smith interception return, and I'm not joking. And you know what? I wish I was man enough to show my feelings around these people because that's what I felt like doing—crying. It was. I mean, so it's it's so incredible. It's like this city is exorcising the demons of never having a professional sports championship outside of the Seattle Rain women's basketball team. To take nothing <laughs> away from them. Oh I'm sorry the Seattle Storm the Seattle Rain was our old women's team and to take nothing away from them as far as football baseball and basketball go we have not had a major championship since 1980 I believe and to see the Seahawks doing what they're doing and by the way it's not a done deal but No it is not do not cross- count
3: chickens before chickens are hatched
4: Exactly um, but just to see them even succeeding. First of all, when we when we went up 2 nothing, it's the first time the Seahawks have ever led in a Super Bowl. Really? Just, I mean, yeah, they, we, we've only been in one other Super Bowl, and we were losing the whole time to Pittsburgh. Like, it's, I, if memory serves anyway. Anyway, it's just like, it feels like, I mean, I don't want to overstate it, and I certainly don't want to jinx it, which I'm known to do. But if, if this trend holds, it seriously feels like this entire city is... Some kind of heinous jinx is being broken and it feels good.
3: It just but Luke, I'm worried I'm worried that you have a bunch of eggs and you're counting the chickens. We gotta we gotta stay focused here. The team is counting I'm on counting you being the focused.
4: eggs focused. I'm only no listen, I'm only counting the eggs. Okay. They haven't hatched yet. Okay. I just so I know how many chickens it will be based on the number of eggs. Right. That's what you're supposed to do, right? You're using science. You're using science and math. <laughs> okay. What's the scene in Los Angeles?
3: The scene in Los, Ange- in Los Angeles is, um, the, well, the state of the Los Angeles is good. The state of the Seahawks is good. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of excitement going on. I tend to be the type of person who says, you know, we gotta, we got to maintain and not celebrate too early. I think that's... Yes. I, I, I feel like I'm being kind of a downer here, but I'm on the edge of my seat, and I'm very, I'm very tense. I'm not gonna are lie you to enjoying
4: you. the game? Are you enjoying the game, or is it more stressful than enjoy? No, no, no. It is totally
3: enjoy. It is totally in yeah. total 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 joy. But I am concerned right, total. that I have not seen any Super Bowl ads. Have I missed anything as far as the <laughs> ads are concerned?
4: No, no, not really. I mean, there was, um, the, you know what? There was a kind of a funny ad for pistachios with Stephen Colbert. That was it. I thought the ads were pretty, and there was one with um the little girl from Beasts of the Southern Wild, that was an ad for Maserati. And I thought, it was like the third or fourth ad, and I thought, well, I guess the good news for Maserati is if they sell two of those cars, they've recouped the Super Bowl ad. So I guess it's not, it's not um, you know, a very uh, difficult thing for them to make their money back. But other than that, I, I, nothing has been that memorable. I'm telling you, though, we're just freaking the F out up here, Andrew. Like, we're just like, we've run out of ways to high five. We've <laughs> run out of ways to... I'm not kidding, like, we're just like we're 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 at a loss we don't know how to enjoy this success because it's so unprecedented for Seattle sports fandom oh, so it feels um, so good but but I, I wish I could but, just capture this moment and just like live in this moment forever you know what you're probably saying that maybe because you mean it also maybe because of the beers but I act I, I'm with you a hundred percent. I'm this is gonna sound like intense particularly with Bruno Mars playing in the background <laughs> um, um, I do actually I am trying to be present in this moment I'm trying to like I have my my little brother David is here my sister Rachel the mummy is here some of my favorite people in the world uh, my wife of course and it's like... This is one of those moments for me, and it's just sport. Who cares, right? It's just a football game. It doesn't mean anything for world hunger or important things in the world. But I am genuinely trying to soak this in as much as I can because being a sports fan is so soul-crushing so much of the time that when it's happening right like it is right now, and, and my again, my condolences to our Denver Tenverites. By the way, it ain't over. As I already said, what I said to Kerry was every amazing Super Bowl comeback— Started with one team being way in front. Yeah. So, so like, I'm not... Like, it's funny because there are... I mean, there was a game um, where the Buffalo Bills, led by Frank Wright, came back, I believe, from being down 35 points in the playoffs. And, like, every amazing story of some team storming back is also the story of some team that was just crushing it and thought, we got this. So, um, I, I'm, I'm not ready to declare this a done deal. But that being said... Just the feeling of how it's going for us so far. I am trying as much as I can to just actually soak it all in. Because it's kind of... It feels to me once in a lifetime. At least once in my lifetime with us leading in the Super Bowl.
3: This is crazy.
4: Okay, listen. Um, I'll, I'll let you get back in there before the Red Hot Chili Peppers come in. Because that's Thank obviously you. the big... That's,
3: that's what I that's came the here big. for.
4: Yeah. Um, and I, I, I have to just say, huge ups to the uh, NFL Organizing Committee, which apparently is um, your mom's boyfriend. <laughs> uh, I don't mean your mom, Andrew. I mean everyone's mom's boyfriend because I believe that's the last person who likes the red hot chili peppers. <laughs> I believe his name's Doug. And he's just super... He has a poster still on his wall of that where they all have the socks over their junk. Yeah. And he and he did Sugar, that once sex, for magic, Halloween.
3: Chocolate
4: something. Yep. Exactly. All of it. So listen, thank you. Enjoy the uh, rest of the half. Enjoy this feeling. Savor the flavor, because we're not going to get something like this for a long time. And let's just uh, fucking hold on for the second half, huh? you got to hang on to the ball, Luke. That's what I...
3: That's, as a coach, that's all I can tell you. Hang on to the yeah. ball.
4: Okay. Thank you. That's what the clipboard is for. That's It finally makes right. sense. Why did you bring a clipboard to a bar in Koreatown? Why would I not? All right, man. Listen. I'll, I'll talk to you after the game, all okay? All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. 20
3: nothing was your score when Bruno Mars took the stage, but third quarter, Bruno Seattle, remember, job, remember Seattle deferred, yep. now they get the ball, and Percy Harbin is down out, out the gate, and guess what, Prime? What? It was just 12 seconds into this half that they scored two!
4: Alright, David, It's the uh, end of the game. I'm going to read for uh, the uh, tens of listeners out there the last uh, text from Andrew. You may have noticed at the halftime update, he was a little tipsy. Sorry, uh, there are all the confetti is coming down. Everybody's very excited. Uh, at uh, about midway through the third quarter, Andrew texted, I'm afraid I'm beyond talking on a podcast at this point. Can't form thoughts, let alone V words. Um, but he did manage to text more. Are you fucking kidding me? All caps. And then later, this is the final words from our friend Andrew Welshki on this here, this Super Bowl Sunday. We just won the Super Bowl forever and ever, amen. So, uh, big day. Uh, little brother David Burbank, how are you feeling right now? It's pretty crazy. You know, that's that's what you get when you when you go up against the best D in the game. <laughs> Lob. Lob. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, Rachel, still feeling good about the tattoo?
5: Yeah, super good about the tattoo. Go Seahawks!
4: Uh Uh-oh, we have to be quiet now. The post-game interview with Russell Wilson, which means he's probably going to say something about Jesus and some other not interesting stuff. But let's not focus on the negative here. Let's focus on the fact that I'm talking into a mini-recorder as everybody else is standing around excited and drunk. So, um, you know, we all make choices in life, and this is mine. Um, To just sort of wrap this up here at the end of this Monday edition of the show, um, I I have to say Andrew and I were talking about it at halftime about trying to be in the moment. But for me, you know, a kid who I used to sneak out of um, church when my dad was a pastor of this little church called Gospel Outreach Christian Fellowship. And I used to sneak out of the church during my dad's sermons and sit in our Dodge Dart and run down the battery listening to the Seahawks on the AM radio. Um, so this is about, I got about 30 years of my life invested in this sport ball. And uh, I have to say I'm pretty excited about it. Um, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll see you uh, tomorrow with more Imaginary Radio. Until then, please remember, I'm no mountain too tall. Good luck to all. Go, is? Yeah,
3: you know it's a
4: celebration, bitches. All right, I know that um, I said that was the end of the show, and I did the whole No Mountain Too Tall thing back when we were watching the game, but um, we went outside, and here on Capitol Hill in Seattle, there's just a giant rally that has broken out. Okay, tell, first of all, for the listeners, what is your name?
3: Uh, my name is Kylas.
4: Uh, how old are you, buddy?
3: I'm nine.
4: Would you describe yourself as a pretty big Seahawks fan?
3: Yes, I would. I would be all in.
4: Uh, tell me about your Seahawks gear and other football-related gear you were wearing to watch the game today, because it was a lot of stuff.
3: Uh, well, first of all, I was wearing my Seahawks hat and my 12-man jersey.
4: And what about your glove? I mean, what was that for?
3: Um, that's just my football glove.
4: <laughs> Does this... Does this seem to you like a thing that kind of happens every couple years, the Seahawks win the Super Bowl? Because I got news for you, brother. Some of us have been waiting a long damn time for this. Was this pretty exciting, though?
3: Yeah. It is, um, but I think we're going to win the next one, too.
4: Do you think you're saying that because you have a contact high from all the weed that people are smoking out here? No. No. All right. Good answer.
5: good answer. Yeah, that's legally the right the points answer. points that were scored today. Exactly. 43. Yeah. 43 you're,
4: what? You're on a Skittles high. I can see it in your eyes. Skittles.
1: All
4: right, thanks, man. All in all, it's a um, pretty chill um, but super fun Super Bowl victory party. Very Seattle. A lot of polar fleece. A lot of white people. I haven't seen this many excited white people since the Dave Matthews band concert at the Gorge this summer. Um, Still, we'll take it. All right, I think this is now, actually, officially, the end of this show. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow with more Imaginary Radio for you. Until then, hey, you guys want to say it with me? Until then, uh, no mountain too tall.
5: And good good luck luck to all. all.
4: And go Seahawks.
5: Go Seahawks. Go Go Hawks. yesterday seven feet tall yeah handsome great big guy seven feet tall i mean i figured he had to be in sport but he wasn't in sport we just won
0: the super bowl forever and ever amen amen
1: hey how how drunk does a podcaster of a certain age from a certain background of above ground pool having to start quoting uh randy travis lyrics
2: (laughs) So
0: good. <laughs> Deep in his childhood brain,
1: it's there. Yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely there. As much as a hipster Wallingford guy that you oh. want to say you are, in you, somewhere yeah. you're naked yeah. in a church parking lot like Randy <laughs> Travis, just drunk out of your mind.
2: Your Ohio is showing, Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. Oop! Oh. <laughs> oh.
1: oh. Your rural Ohio is showing. <laughs>
0: Uh, all right, so let's break this down a little bit. Um, we don't have to go beat for beat, but we did play the whole episode because it's pretty charming from end to end. <laughs> They're in their respective locations. Luke's at this private party where he is accidentally Seattle's biggest celebrity in the room.
1: <laughs> wearing his Cartman sweater. Do you guys remember? remember yes. How that thing I
2: love that sweater. Oh, I missed oh, that so much.
1: <laughs> God bless him for wearing that. I mean, that's a fan. If you wear something that just makes you look as bad as you can look as a human yes. being for yes. your team, good yes. on you.
0: Uh, I mean, I think a lot of twelfth uh, men, as you are like to be called, <laughs> can experience that because uh, you know this is not meant to judge a lot, but your colors are not flattering.
1: Yeah. Our, our yeah, our no, latest colors no. that we've come up with in the last ten years or whatever. They're not great, not flattering. Not that no. the old ones were great, but it was just kind of a you know, of royal blue, just a flat <laughs> yeah. you know, boring. Yeah. But now we're actively, aggressively ugly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And Mike, I know how you feel yeah. about the ducks, so uh to have Shit. bright green. <laughs>
1: yeah, when we started wearing football <laughs> costumes instead of uniforms, that did irritate me a little bit.
2: My grandma is a Ducks fan. She went to no. school in Eugene. She her went and to the cat. She, oh. Yeah. She went to school in Eugene, and every time she goes down there, she brings me back a souvenir with Oregon Ducks stuff on it, and I don't have the heart to tell her <laughs> how much I hate
1: them. Oh, you've never broken into her? No. Does she know how much Husky fans hate Shit. Ducks in general?
2: Yes. She's old, Mike. I don't. But you're. But you're.
1: <laughs> you just want to make her life comfortable, and you're yes. not. Yes. I get it. I get. I'm
2: it. here to take care of her, right. not to.
1: Because, <laughs> no, I mean, Grandma would not like a visit from me
2: because no. if she started
1: talking ducks, I would just.
2: No. I would never I know, stop talking. My grandpa was a huge Huskies fan, and my uncles went to UW, and like you know, so kind of a Husky family. But mm-hmm. but she's still just. Loves her ducks.
1: Well, at least she went there. <laughs> yes,
2: there's That's nothing true. worse than
1: a bandwagon duck fan.
0: That is true. Ugh. Well, Mike, you know full well that there are there's a time and a place for keeping secrets from old people so they can die in peace. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey,
0: yeah, it the best. We've all been there. Um, yeah. We get the uh, the poop talk. The of course there's poop talk poop talk uh there were several (laughs) quotes but the one i wrote down was luke saying he quote lowered the 12th man depth charge
1: i I gotta say though when you're when you're headed out for like a big party that's gonna last all day and all night it's that's pretty good relief to gotten that taken (sighs) care of at home you know yeah (laughs) sorry kalina but you know it's a fact
2: i'd put my fingers in my ears if i wasn't wearing
0: headphones (laughs) <laughs> what kind of monster has a party catered with Mexican food and booze that knows it's gonna go more than three hours? <laughs> right. That's something to consider. Ugh. You're really you're just you're you're destroying your own bathroom at that point. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not the it's not the middleman's fault. Uh Luke is generally confident about the Seahawks odds, which makes him less confident about the Seahawks odds because he can't help but get in his own head.
1: Ugh, I was that's... really confident with that team. I was actually fairly yeah. confident when we when we were playing Pittsburgh, but um but for the Denver game I was really confident because I'd seen uh just about every game that season and I just did not see any way that team was going to lose that game. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. and Denver was being held together with chicken wire and I mean <laughs> yeah, they, they were they were uh out kicking their coverage through the playoffs. Uh, we don't need to get into sport ball talk, though, because people don't come here for sports talk, and they definitely don't come here for qualified sports talk. Uh, actually, Kalina, I about to ask you about that. How do you square sports fandom with listening to Luke and Andrew try to talk about sports?
2: <laughs> okay, I was hoping this would come up because much like them, I love sports. I love watching sports. I know nothing about sports. And so when they talk about sports, it doesn't bother me at all because <laughs> I have pon- no idea pon-tuning? what they're talking about.
1: <laughs> Pontooning didn't get to you.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think Anne was angriest about that one out of all. These. Yeah, because uh, so baseball's her the sport that she actually <laughs> follows. And 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 yeah, when when you don't consider yourself a sports fan and you you catch someone not knowing anything about yeah. sports, yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. oh my God, how stupid <laughs> is this person about sports?
2: Yeah, it doesn't bother me, but also I know how much it does bother other people, so I kind of get a kick out of that.
1: Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know you do.
2: <laughs> I don't I don't have a problem with people who just appreciate sports
0: at at whatever level they're at. My yeah. problem is when people try to talk far beyond the level at which they appreciate sports. Like yes. I'm not I'm not a basketball <laughs> fan. You're not going to get me talking, you know a whole lot about basketball because I'm out of my depth and I just know it. And so I'm pulling your
1: own covers if you do that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Just, just, you know, stay, stay in the waters, you know, that's all. (laughs) Uh, we get a, uh, well, I don't want to say drunk. We get a tired, emotional Rachel (laughs) pulled onto Mike to tell us about her not so angry Seahawk tattoo. Which leads to the inevitable conversation about whether or not a Seahawk is an actual thing.
1: She was like a one person bachelorette party.
2: Uh, I had completely forgotten about this part until I listened me to too. this again last night and oh that that just that delighted me. That was amazing. Yep.
1: <laughs> but she was the same amount of drunk after the game as she was. Uh, yes. during the game or before the game <laughs> Andrew you could really see
2: she maintained yeah
1: you could see the cracks <laughs> in Andrew <laughs> to the point where he wouldn't even <laughs> oh. he wouldn't even pick up the phone anymore to for, to talk anyway oh. he was just texting Randy Travis <laughs>
2: that was so so good <laughs>
1: Let me say something about uh, how I experienced the game. It was really an unusual situation. I don't know if anybody else uh, yeah. is ever going to experience a Super Bowl the way I did. And at the time, Matt and I were doing our podcast, The Takedown. And Matt is from Denver, and he's a huge football fan and a huge um, Broncos fan. And, you know, we were doing our thing, talking talking smack to each other. Matt, Matt, I think... Kind of realized the Seahawks were a better team because he he always has criticism of of Denver and I didn't have much criticism of Seattle, but uh, we decided once that the once they it had been determined they would meet that uh, I would go to his Super Bowl party of which he had one every year at the time at his house in Denver, so uh, I I went up to Denver and I had a nice time with his with him and his wife and his kids and. Matt and I recorded like three or four shows in his little studio there the night before. And then uh, day of the game, I went over there, and his mother-in-law lives there, and she's a a Niners fan, and she was doing everything she could to taunt me. She had uh, put a picture of Richard Sherman on the back of the toilet seat. Um, (laughs) She had uh, put up anti-Seahawk paraphernalia all over the house. And, you know, it was, it, quote-unquote, in good fun. Um, and then she disappeared pretty quickly into the game because she wasn't a Broncos fan, and the only reason she was there was <laughs> to hate the Seahawks, and she didn't really know any of the people there because they were all Matt and his wife's friends. And it, it was it was really difficult for me. People were nice, you know, nobody was a dick or anything, and, and I was just wearing just my old-school Seahawks gear with the old logo and the old colors and it was the most difficult thing for me was to control my joy because i'm sitting among all these people and this is this is mm-hmm. ruining their lives <laughs> every every yeah. play that was happening during almost the entire game was making them matter and then finally less interested and i'm i'm like ah! Ah! <laughs> you know <laughs> just i'm like shaking because oh. i've i've got all this joy i want to let out because i mean years and years and years of frustration and and it's just i mean there've been big comebacks right and and andrew was really fearful of a big comeback in that game and he drunk yeah. in his drunken state at halftime but <laughs> the, those of us that have been following football for a long time and and uh knew that team we knew that it was over not even before halftime it was over like what well, just pretty much halfway into the first quarter because you could see it you know those uh, guys were never going to beat these guys that safety yeah.
0: that safety set the tone for the entire game it just mm-hmm. i mean not to say that the seahawks offense wasn't incredible and performed exceptionally well which did but that moment just said denver has reverted to the mean, you know, it's it's crested back. <laughs> they just yeah. don't. They just don't have it left in the tank, and and that was it.
1: Yeah, it wasn't one of those. Yeah. wasn't one of those situations where a veteran football watcher and Bobby, you are that where you would go. I'd watch out, you know. Second yeah. half, you never know. No, well, no, 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 no. Although
0: I appreciated Luke name checking a Frank Reich moment. Yeah, with the comeback, which you know, as a Bills fan. Uh, we don't get a lot to celebrate, but I wrote right into the notes exactly what that was. 32-point deficit <laughs> erased January 3rd, 93 against the Oilers. I and mean, that's I, that's the kind of thing that Bills fans just, you know, pop oh, the tape in and go great. back and watch once in a while.
1: I was watching that game at the time, and I knew that comeback was a possibility because uh, Houston was just a team that scored. That's That's what they did, and they yeah. couldn't stop you. So if they ever stopped scoring for a minute, which they did. Uh, Buffalo could come back and Buffalo fucking came back. Well, you that know, was which, the,
0: story, the story of that game because the Oilers just stayed on offense for most of the first half of the game and and that's what got their run-up so high. I mean, the, the Bills just hadn't had a
1: chance to really do much yet. They had the weapons to do it, yeah, and, and even with their backup quarterback, they had the weapons to do it. So, at, at that time, uh, you know, they came back. I'm like, yeah, that was remarkable, but it it didn't seem remarkable in the moment. If Denver had come back to beat the Seahawks in that second half, I would have been absolutely floored. Yeah, And I think a lot of people would, too, because the Se- that Seahawks team was the best team in football by far that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, if you're ever in western New York and somebody unexpectedly saves the day, you can still call that a Frank Reich moment and people will know mm-hmm. what you mean. They will know. <laughs> yeah. They don't know.
1: He could that's he great. could run for mayor and get elected before Jim Kelly, right? <laughs> <laughs> the backup quarterback's always the most popular guy in town. Yeah. Because mm. he hasn't thrown an interception in a long time, usually the backup. <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, we were great. talking about Andrew's drunkenness. Um I was really I was thinking about this. I didn't think about it at the time, but earlier in the in the show they, they were talking about how Philip Seymour Hoffman had just died and there was some big Woody Allen story going on when when isn't there but um and I was thinking Andrew he's been saving seats and drinking from who god knows what time in the oh man the early a.m. Yeah. to and and now he's got to go to work in the morning and it it, it just put me in mind oh. of um one time when I was living in Washington D.C. it was like the only time we ever went to brunch cuz none of us had any money we went out to brunch and started drinking champagne at like 11 in the morning. Jesus, that's the worst headache hangover. uh, We just rolled thunder all through the night. You know, we ended up going out to the bars that night or whatever. And I had a two-day hangover. Yeah. I I couldn't show up for work the next day. I didn't even try. And then the next day I did go to work, but I was sorry I went because I was still uh, hungover. And I was thinking, Andrew's got to do – I mean, I didn't have that much responsibility. You know, I had a couple jobs to do, but – but he's he's the boss at that place and I thought oh i'm going to ask him about it when they're in austin i, I gotta,
2: always I wonder out. about that they don't talk about their hangovers enough i mean <laughs> <they're>, <laughs> because because i'm 36 and yeah hangovers yeah. last like two three times as long as they used to i it's don't crazy. yeah yeah, yeah.
0: Uh thanks for blowing the evergreen nature of the show Mike. So just as a heads up guys, we're taping Dang this it. before the Austin show. So
1: You could edit. You could edit. You know this, right? No, no,
0: no. So uh if, Cut if this the, all out. If the RV exploded.
1: Oh god. I, then I never got a chance to ask Andrew about how how fucking hungover he was after the super. Bowl. Exactly. <laughs> they, I'm glad Luke came back for the the coda of that show because the mm-hmm. the natural sound he didn't he wouldn't have even had to say a word if he yeah. had just turned on the mic i had tears
2: yeah that's the part uh, that's why when you asked me what episode i wanted to do this was the only one i could think of because that at the end when he comes back and he's out on the street in capitol hill and you can just hear everybody and there's fireworks and it was the exact same in the neighborhood that mm-hmm. i was watching it at we all just like went outside everybody on the street and it was like just some little suburban street in covington and everybody's out on the street lighting off fireworks i was holding my nephew he was three at the time it was first time he'd ever seen fireworks like it was it was so great and getting to relive that you know every once in a while is i i just love that i love that he did that
1: I drove back to the hotel, just uh, big smile <laughs> on my face. That was my post-game celebration.
2: The best part, though, was Luke swearing at a nine-year-old and asking him if he had a contact how high. How high? How high are you? Oh <laughs> my god!
1: Yeah. He wasn't. He wasn't as uh, in the bag as Andrew, but yeah, you could tell by that line of questioning. That. Was, oh. That was not great judgment on that was his amazing. part, but the dad, the dad was rolling with it. Yeah. So. Dad was cool.
0: That kid doesn't uh, know anything about a contact guy. He wasn't at Matt's house for the Super Bowl.
1: <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, uh, people uh, very quickly people started disappearing upstairs to the uh, quote unquote studio after the after the game started. <laughs> and uh, like Matt's like, hey, you, oh. hey, you want to come up? And I'm like, uh, no, I'm I, I'm I'm super high right now. I'm fine.
2: Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't.
1: I don't need that right now. Thank you, though. Oh.
0: Well, uh, I'm glad that I got to be on this episode with the two of you reveling in a Super Bowl win.
1: <laughs>
0: someday you'll get I hope one. To know what that feels like, you'll get
1: one. <laughs> Who's the new coach, Doug Marone? What's this? They go through well, him so fast.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's it's a it's a process. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> we're getting there. It's Sean McDermott, by the way. We, you Sean know, McDermott, right. We right. took one of the usable I he pieces. I an M guy. Usable pieces left from the collapse of the Panthers. So, you know, we'll see what happens.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, good luck. We'll thanks. see you there. Let's yeah. play each other. Yeah, yeah exactly. That'd yeah. be great. <laughs> you can come to the Insect Museum and watch and and, and watch the Bills dismantle the Seahawks.
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> Speaking of the Insect Museum, Mike, do you have any uh, housekeeping for us?
1: Uh, let's see. We have, we still have the archiving raffle going, I'm sure, because there are a couple of us left that have not been tapped. So um, don't forget to get your episodes submitted, and you will win a wagon full of loot. Um, Bobby, you haven't done yours yet, right? Uh, I Quite have good.
0: not. I'm excited to do mine. I've got some things in mind. Uh, and, uh, some of it will depend on who I end up, uh, getting, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm going to personalize it. So that's good. I'm excited to do it. We all have been really excited to do this. It, it's a prize for the raffle winners, but it's just as much a joy for us.
1: Yeah. Emily's been helping me with my list. So, um, I'll, I'm one of us will be coming up soon, both of us, uh, because we're, we're, it's getting there. It's time for us. Yeah. Go to our, uh, Website and click on our Amazon link to buy all your weird stuff. Uh, not only because we we make a few pennies and dollars off of that, but we like to see the weird shit you're into. So um, we have merch now, as y'all know by now, and it has been arriving, and people are thrilled with it. There's been no complaints. Everything fits great, smells great. All of, we lo- all love all our Allison's, and it's um, I should be getting my stuff soon, and I'm I'm excited. So. Um, those are the housekeeping bits for us. And I think those are all evergreen we're going to be archiving <laughs> till the end of time. Yep. Uh, we'll always be begging you for money. And now we will always have merch set up for you. And we're going to have some more items, I think down the road, but, uh, especially because this has been such a success. Um, so it's exciting.
0: Yeah. You can find all that and more at little red com on Facebook at little red bandwagon. And in the Stens page, the show Twitter is LRB podcast. Kalina, where are the best places for people to harass you
2: about your fandom or casual fandom? <laughs> I'm just, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. You're not a just lot. on Facebook. You're on <laughs> Facebook a
0: lot. You're active. You're funny as hell on Facebook, and I know yes. that's one of the reasons we wanted to get you on here.
1: Exactly. I've been trying to much do this funnier for a while. on
2: Facebook than in person. So <laughs> not that's, true. That's that's the place you want to interact with. You. That's not true. I would meet you at the Playmore anytime.
0: That's down your way. Bring that dog. That's right. (laughs) You can email us at (laughs) littleredbearmigot at gmail.com. Send us a voicemail or a text message at 802-432-TPTL, 802-432-8285. And uh, with that, until next time, this is the next party.
1: We love you, Jen.
2: Nailed it? Oh, I seen myself pooping and I was like, you gotta be kidding me.